Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI Podcast Channel. I'm your host, as usual, although albeit that wasn't on the last program. <laughs> uh, Guy Drinkle. And joining me is Carl, and just Carl this time. We've gone back to the normal ways, but we're not doing a review, so it won't be a, a 17-hour mega show. Um, but Carl, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, guy. You know, we're 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 getting quite good at this now. This is this is week four in a row, technically. So uh, I think we we can finally lay claim to it being a weekly show again. So I'm looking forward just to to getting at it again. How I'm, about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm looking forward to the topic we have, which we're we're going to expand on, uh, and hopefully this will see us through maybe a few weeks. Not just this one, but into other genres of games and stuff but in this first of let's call it a series for now we're going to be exploring everyone's favorite childhood game and if you like me maybe not the modern ones but if they ever make a good one again wrestling games we all loved them as a kid even played them because they are fun or they were fun before 2k made them shit um is wrestling games. So, Carl, you kind of, we kind of were planning on doing fighting games, and it did evolve into wrestling games because, let's be honest, wrestling games are just better. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about um, doing fighting games, reminiscing a little bit about Tekken and Street Fighter, like, and then came up on the topic that wrestling games are technically fighting games, so they should be included too. And then we kind of realized that. Guy and I have a hell of a lot more experience playing wrestling games over the years than we do other fighting games, so that uh, it, it was worth dedicating a full show to this. So um, it's one I'm really looking forward to because I probably played more wrestling games than most other genres for a large spell of my childhood. Absolutely, and if you if you wanted the if you wanted the fighting one, I mean Tekken was going to win anyway. Because, you know, straight fight, it'll not all come back. Who gives a shit? It's really Tekken. Only one of them lets you play as a bear. <clears throat> so there's that, people. And I will not be questioned on that. Um, and as it's been a few weeks in a row, 
just got to put out there. Crash, Crash Team Racing is the best racing game because I'm not having it slandered on another podcast because it is. It's the best one. Fuck Mario Kart. But anyway, let's get into wrestling games. Uh, no, we've got to do the news first. And we have an announcement, don't we, Carl? Oh, you have an, a sort of announcement. Yeah, so before we get on the news, I just want to kind of give people an idea of how we're going to approach the, the news moving forward. Um, we, of course, feel it's still an important part of a, a weekly gaming podcast. And again, I'm saying it's now weekly, touch wood. Um, but we've never been completely satisfied with how the news section flows. And, and we've also heard people's feedback on the matter. Um, I, I always tended to read the full story or at least the guts of it. You know, I, I shaved off what I could because my I was always considering those who wouldn't have read the story yet. But of course, there's a lot of people who have read the story. They don't necessarily want to hear it again. And also, you know, something these large sections where where i'm reading the story because some of the stories are ridiculously long you know it, it just really upsets the the flow of the podcast so and another note would be that you know while i always make sure to credit the author and point people towards the source because you know let's be honest it's pretty shitty when people don't do that and there's a lot of podcasts that don't do that you know not to call anyone in particular out but there are a lot out there nonetheless by reading out the full story, I'm, I'm potentially taking clicks away from those outlets, and I, I don't want to do that. I, I mean, I know some people who write for gaming sites, and I wouldn't want to take away from their work. So from as a result of all that, you know, and, and some deliberation from Guy and I, we've decided that we're just going to go with a quick summary of the story before launching into discussion. I'll point out who wrote the story where we source from so feel free to pause the show and, and go and read the, the story before you listen to us discussing it if if you so want but if you don't as i said i will offer a summary anyway so you'll you'll know what we're talking about but without further ado let's get into the news so our first story today animal crossing new horizons sold more at u.s launch than any mario or zelda since records began and the full story is over on Eurogamer and comes from tom phillips if you want to go over and read that But the summary here, Animal Crossing New Horizons has not only already outsold the lifetime sales of any other game in the series, but also recorded a bigger US launch than any Mario or Zelda game in history since records began. It's now the third biggest Nintendo game launch ever in the US behind December 2008 Super Smash Bros. Brawl for Wii and December 2018 Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for Switch. And you can, of course, get the full story, as I said, over on Eurogamer. So does this surprise you at all, Guy? I mean, I know you haven't quite gotten into Animal Crossing yet yourself, but I'm sure you've heard a lot of the hype. I mean, but does the, the fact it's outsold any Mario or Zelda game in terms of US launch, is that a shock? Um, Probably not a shock because we're obviously in a pandemic. Everyone's at home. There's this cutesy-ass game that came out. And I think a game like Animal Crossing does and will... Uh, it'll be more attractive to um, casual gamers, I think, than Mario and, and Zelda. Because I think, obviously, Zelda Breath of the Wild, not played it. Like, yeah, yeah, yada, 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 I've never played Zelda. I'll get shouted at later. Um, it, it's, it's hugely successful in terms of being reviewed really well and stuff like that but is a casual gamer going to pick up zelda breath of the wild i'm pretty sure it's meant to be like a hundred hour game or whatever and casually play that unless you played zelda as a kid 
you're not really going to pick that up. Whereas Animal Crossing, oh, look, it's a fucking teddy bear. It's a talking cat monster. It's it, And there's a, is it a fox that taxes you? And it's just a capitalist. A tanuki, a, uh, a raccoon. A raccoon. What a what a prick! Um, but yeah, I can I can see I can see why Animal Crossing is this because I think whether it's rightly or wrongly, I think Nintendo relies might be the wrong word, but it's obviously it's got very different business model to say PlayStation and Xbox doesn't really have a business model when it comes to games. They they've had. IP just churn out shit for decades, <laughs> and it, it it's obviously worked. And Nintendo's one of the most successful companies going, but um, Animal Crossing is somewhat new. I know it was it was bigger on the DS, wasn't it? I don't think I don't think did it have a Wii game. It, it did, did it? Did did there was a Wii game, uh, a DS game, a 3DS game, and a GameCube game, and then there was also the GameCube game kind of originally came out on N64 I, I may have underestimated this it is new it is compared to you're right to call it a new game in comparison to say Zelda or Mario which were on the NES and came out in the 80s you know Animal Crossing only came about in the, the noughties so um, there, it, it is relatively new in, in comparison mm. and I, as I said I think the main thing is, is getting the, uh, the casual gamers in and it's just kind of, I think it, I don't want to say launched at the opportune time, but by circumstance rather than design, it, it just kind of has everyone's at home. And this is, I think it was this and Doom that came out on the same day. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how well Doom's done. I'm sure it has, but Animal Crossing is probably the one more people would pick up rather than Doom. So I think this has been the game of the pandemic, hasn't it? I think that's what you called it on the review. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it very much is as as Rebecca and I discussed on on last week's show. It, it you know it's it's very much like a lightning in a bottle scenario. It's just it's just the elements have perfectly come together, you know, to to make this game a success. Like I think it was always going to be the biggest Animal Crossing game. You know, Animal Crossing has always had kind of a, a following among its fans, like a very passionate following. You know, it's very much it's it's got almost like a the earlier games had almost like a cult following. But I, I, I think Nintendo made some smart moves in terms of getting the game out there more. I, I think Pocket Camp, the, the game on mobile, was a, a huge move on kind of building the popularity of the franchise. And obviously, I think as well, obviously, the, the previous game, New Leaf on the 3DS, you know, broke new ground for the series as well in terms of popularity. So I think it's just all been building up over the recent years for this series, you know, leading up to, to, to New Horizons and its success. Now, that said, I, I this still kind of this story still surprised me. You know, Zelda, not so much because Zelda, again, is a series that's really popular among its fans. But, you know, it's it's not a game that that moves millions and millions and millions of units you know i I think breath of the wild was probably one of the most if not the most successful zelda game so it's not usually surprising that way but mario you know (laughs) mario is synonymous with video games themselves Mm. so to think that animal crossing new horizons has enjoyed a better launch than any mario game in the US is is insane. Like uh, some people might argue that a lot of Mario games are launch titles, and obviously 
therefore they're not going to have as great a launch because people have to buy an entire console to play the game. But there's a lot of Mario games that haven't been launch titles, and including some of the biggest ones like Mario Bros. 3 and, and the like. So mm. I, I, it, it surprises me, honestly. But at the same time, that this game is massive, and I think it's just that the stars have aligned for it in, in terms of, you know, I'm not going to say it's it's lucky that there's a, a pandemic pandemic going on because, of course, it's not. But in terms of Nintendo's luck, uh, I think it is lucky in a way because Switches, which we'll, we'll get onto in one of our, our later stories and, and this particular game are doing gangbusters, largely helped because of the situation or, or somewhat helped at least, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I think, as I said, I think it was is the circumstances. I think it was going to do well anyway. But as you say, I mean, Mario is probably one of the most synonymous uh, gaming franchise with with a company. If not, if if you think of game people, games people of a certain age will just probably think of Mario before anything. Um, but that is a surprise. But I think you're right with Mario. I think it doesn't come out at the right times, and then. When they do, it's like huge games. What was the most recent one? Was it Super Odyssey? Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. just Odyssey. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think Odyssey done quite well, you know, which is when, you know, I would have thought that would have been up there in, in terms of um, sales as well for, for the... But again, it, it is launched, so, you know, that's not to say that Animal Crossing will kind of reach the heights of... Um, you know, the Mario games lifetime sales because you mm. know Mario games tend to come out on multiple consoles, be re-released. So I doubt that. So you know, we we have to to make that clear. It is a launch, but nonetheless, it is quite impressive. None to 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 have beaten a Mario game and every Mario game at at launch in the US. Like it, it is an impressive kind of feather for for the Animal Crossing folk to to put in their cap. Hmm, it's, it's uh, well, the, probably more surprising. It's be is port would port is Pokemon counted because they're no. I was about to say that I don't believe Pokemon's counted because it's technically, although Nintendo owns a large stake in the Pokemon company, it's not a complete first party right, studio. Okay. So you know, Game Freaks isn't a, a Nintendo studio. It's just a game, um, Game Freaks, Nintendo, and. I can't even remember who the third company are own the Pokemon company between them. So um, Game Freaks is not a first party studio, so therefore right. Pokemon is not a first party game. Uh, that makes it makes it less impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I they still be Pokemon. Mario though. Still yeah, be yeah, Mario. True, Let's true. not take that away from them. True, absolutely true. But no, that's well done. I mean, it's it just says that more games need animal. In. <laughs> that's very much it. We need cute animals in more games, and it'll sell well. That's the that's the story there. That's the story there. But <laughs> yeah, I'll... there there you go, folks. That's that's the key to success. Put little cute talking animals in it, absolutely, and you'll sell gangbusters. But sticking with the little cute animals of Animal Crossing, our second story: Nintendo slashes interest rates in Animal Crossing: New Horizons controversy. And this comes from Ethan Gack over at Kotaku, so I'd, I'd urge you to go over and read the full article. 
The latest update to Animal Crossing New Horizons brought the current Earth Day event with new activities for players to enjoy, but it also included a controversial change to the in-game economy, lower interest rates. Players could earn a small interest on bells saved in their bank account, estimated at about 0.5%. It's estimated this has been lowered to about 0.05%. Players were sent an in-game letter informing them of the reduction, which included a gift. A rug shaped like a bag of bells. Trolling, perhaps. It's thought that the reduction may be aimed at discouraging the practice of time traveling, which involves players changing the time on their Switch to a later date so as to get their interest dividends immediately. And again, you can read the full story over on Kotaku. So, Gargai, we may as well just go in and start doing an economy podcast. If, Capitalist if, you know, bastards. <laughs> lower interest rates are causing controversy in our video games as well as real life. They just you can't do that. Yeah, I know it was a meme that it was. It was what was it? Stardew Valley was the communist game, and this was the capitalist game. Well, they've confirmed it now. Social. Yeah, it's... Stardew Valley just king of socialism. Where this is just an absolute bastard. But to be fair, <laughs> I, to be fair, I used to do. I used to do similar shit, like in terms of the time traveling, but it was kind of different on Fable. Free? I think it was Fable Free, where you had to fight off the darkness at the end. And you yeah. used to get money from taxes and shit. I just left my Xbox on for like two days and nights. <laughs> You'd get your fucking billionaire by the end of it. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I remember uh, that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an old trick there. But uh, no, I think. Well, yeah, you've obviously played it. How much does it. Is this make it more difficult to play, unplayable? Or does oh. it have an impact at all, really? Honestly, I don't time travel. I've I've never time traveled, so I just stick to kind of playing it day by day. That's the way I like to approach the game. I'm not knocking anyone who wants to play that day. I know some people can't log in every day, and you know, so they they want to play it in in spurts when they get the chance, and that's fine. Uh, I haven't really noticed interest. I'm not sure I've ever even gotten interest, and I've had good amounts of money in in my bank account for a few days at a time. But I just haven't noticed any any interest. So it, it doesn't affect me at all. It'll be interesting to see if it does discourage time traveling. Something tells me it won't. I mean, as as I, I think the, the just author... Just time travel in, longer. <laughs> exactly. In the story I read said, it's most likely people will just time travel longer periods. Although there are some drawbacks to time traveling, which I think we discussed in the review. As in, for example, if you go too long without talking to any of their, your villagers, they might kind of go get pissed off with you and also you won't be uh, watering your plants and stuff so you know you'll, you'll be missing out on, on days in which you, you could have been sprouting hybrids and the like so there are drawbacks um, and there's a lot of things you can't achieve through time travel there are some things you just have to play the game to get so I mean it, it's not a quick fix and the ultimate cheat or anything but it, it does help, help people out in a way but, but to be honest I mean the stock market is broken as as it's called the, the stock market, I'm sure if you listen to oh, review, God, you, you probably Jesus. heard we sell turnips and like if you you can literally just go on a a Discord group, jump into someone's server who's selling cheap, who like who's they're they're selling turnips for cheap, and then you can find someone who has the shop is buying them for a, lo- a large amount. You can 
five, six times your money. Now, it's a little frustrating because the online system's not the best, as, as we mentioned in the review last week. But if you have a little bit of patience, give up a, you know an hour or two of your time on a, a Sunday morning, you can easily make a few million bells, and, and that's more than enough to, to finance the game. So personally... In my view, I don't think this interest rates thing is going to have a big effect on the game. But nonetheless, I, th- I think it's funny because, you know, as you said, Animal Crossing all- often gets pointed to as-, as a capitalist game. And also the fact that they sent you a, a rug shaped like a bag of money, you know, just rubbing salt in the wounds. I thought was quite quite uh, cheeky from Nintendo. I, I kind of liked that. So I thought this is a, a funny little little story to kind of give give, give people an idea of what, what Animal Crossing is all about. I really want to play this game. <laughs> I, I, I said that at the end of the, the review. I hope it convinced people to, to pick it up. And, and I, I think I even name-dropped you. So I think you should get on it, guys. It's, it's good. It's, it uh, sounds it's just... like awful, but my type of awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, as I would have said, it's just, it's just so casual. I mean, I, I log in, you know, for maybe 30, 40 minutes a day and, and kind of, gather up my stuff and see what's in the shops and that kind of thing and then you know other days i might log in for a bit longer and kind of remodel my island and thing and some people are spending hours upon hours every day remodeling their island constantly i'm not i'm not going to name any names but i i know i know she's listening um but you know that's that's what's fun about it. You can play it whatever way you want to play it, and and that's what I like about it. As as we said, you could time travel. You can you can not time travel. It's it's completely up to people, and that's that's cool. It's I like I like when games give you the the option of approaching it your own way. I mean, to be fair, time traveling get everyone to hate you. It's, it's an introvert's dream. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we do have another story. It's Nintendo Week in the news. Um, yes. What's this one about? So, Nintendo gearing up for increased Switch production following global shortages. This one's for Simon. And this comes from Matt Wales over at Eurogamer. So, again, I'd encourage you to go over and read Matt's story. Nintendo is preparing to boost production of Switch in an effort to meet the huge increase in demand for the console scene in recent months, which has led to a scarcity of stock and, in some cases, hugely inflated prices. The company is said to have struggled with stock since February as social distancing measures introduced in China and Southeast Asia began to impact its supply chain. Demand for the console is on the rise as social distancing measures have left millions homebound and looking for a way to spend their time. Nintendo of America has acknowledged a lack of units at retailers, but assures that more systems are on the way. So the people who are sadly unable to get switches at the moment hopefully we'll we'll be able to get them in a, in a few weeks including our friend Simon who was only mentioning the other day that he wished he'd buy bought a switch when they're actually available so there you go Simon Nintendo's got your back yeah yeah it's it's a strange one isn't it i mean nobody knew this well this kind of did but um <laughs> let's not get political but uh, obviously this kicked off in january i think it did over in china but Getting games, game consoles prepared for this sort of pandemic probably not high on the priority list in terms of like not getting people killed, but in terms of 
taking advantage of a bad situation. It's probably something you could do, but I think the reason why the Switch had run out rather than the PlayStation, because if you wanted a PlayStation or an Xbox, you've probably got them already, whereas if you wanted a Nintendo, you'd get a Nintendo, but I think Nintendo's kind of, you can, I think a Nintendo, you could pro- or a Nintendo Switch specifically, you could probably just say it's a secondary console. It's not something you have to own, but it's like, you don't have to own any game console, but it's like a luxury game console, more than a, this sounds really stupid now I'm speaking out loud, but it's uh, I'd probably say it's a secondary console. It's not something that you'd use as your main console because I just don't think it is that way. Yeah, I think it's also, I mean, a good good point to note is what you were saying earlier in regards to Animal Crossing. The reason why Animal Crossing is, is getting so much attention in the current situation is because it appeals to casual gamers, you know, a lot of younger gamers, a lot of kind of even maybe older gamers that, that don't play, you know, kind of more hardcore titles these days. And the Switch is very much that console. It's 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 the console that appeals to that market, to the more casual players. And I, I think for that reason, why people who maybe, maybe never had any intention of getting a games console or who possibly had the Rye on a Switch, but we're going to hemming and hong, now suddenly want to go out and get them. And I think that's why there's been such a massive demand and there, there will likely continue to be for, for the coming months. Uh, have you kind of, have you seen anything on the, the, the kind of the scalping that's going on in regards to them? Like, have you seen any of the pricing or anything like that? No, but I might do if I could sell mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sacrilegious, we won't hear that. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I've seen ones listed for like £400 and, and the like which is on eBay, which is just insane. Apparently, I was reading the other day, there's um, a certain scalper, as I'd like to call it, but let's say a reseller in America that, that specializes in trainers generally, but a friend of theirs suggested they should get in on switches uh, previously. So they developed a bot that, you know, kind of is, is aimed at buying up switches and, you know, kind of they'd shared it out to other resellers and, you know, this was helping them get these. But he's actually gone and made that public now, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of scalpers. I'm clearly making that clear. But I say fair play for that because at least to some people anyway, he's he's somehow some, somewhat evening out the playing field in terms of people trying to get it now the unfortunate thing is kind of the, the casual people who aren't kind of internet savvy aren't going to have a clue about this bot so they're never going to get a chance to use it so they're not going to benefit but at least some people who want to go out and get a switch can kind of download this bot and make use of it and hopefully get their hands on a, a switch and you know kind of uh, cut down on the amount that the actual resellers are getting one can, one can hope anyway yeah it's, it's certainly a shame because i think obviously it helps that playstation and xbox they're at the end of their cycle where switch is pretty this must be right in the middle of their console cycle isn't it because when they come out when did the switch come out 15 three years ago so 2017 nah we had a discussion before and time Time is bullshit now. <laughs> WWE 2K did not start in 14, and the Switch is not only fucking three-year-old. That is bullshit. Right, but anyway. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it, it is a shame for Nintendo, but I'm sure they'll, they'll meet demand 
one way or the other. Maybe it's just loads of people who really want to play Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, um, quite possibly. I mean, it's kind of funny in a way because, you, you know, obviously Nintendo were always known for purposely staggering the release of units to, to create an artificial demand and, and make the console appear a lot more in demand than it was and then that would inadvertently lead to there being more demand and obviously they don't mean to be doing that right now but it, it seems to be happening so you know if they get enough units kind of rolled out for the second half of the year as as chinese workers return to work i think switch could for the third year in a row could enjoy a very good holiday season in, in terms of console units sold Mm. It'll certainly it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, if if uh, if Xbox and PlayStation get delayed, <laughs> might be might be just switches. Yeah, <laughs> the only one who sold a bloody console. Uh, it, exactly. And I mean, I, I'm I'm still, despite what Sony are saying, I'm I'm still expecting those two consoles to be moved into spring 2021. So it very well could be just a. A free run at Christmas for for Nintendo and the Switch, mm. and they could just 2020 could just be the year of the Switch. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'll still just play Cyberpunk more than the Switch, but you know, <laughs> uh, whatever makes the casuals happy. But uh, one more um, news story before we can get on to uh, to wrestling games. <clears throat> um, yeah, so it, just this a, probably a, the best one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a positive. It's ending on a positive note, and it's a it's a it's a quick one here. This one comes from Twitter uh, at Games Done Quick. Games Done Quick raises four hundred thousand dollars for COVID nineteen relief fund. As with many upcoming upcoming gaming events, unfortunately, Summer Games Done Quick twenty twenty was cancelled due to the current health crisis. However, this didn't stop its organizers, Game Done Quick, arranging an online only event called Corona Relief Done Quick, from which they raised four hundred thousand dollars for Direct Relief, a charity that is currently providing relief. For for those affected by the current situation so but say congrats to, to games done quick for doing that it's it, it's nice i mean it, it's unfortunate that we're seeing a lot of these events cancelled in in the wake of the current health or crisis but it it's understandable of course but you know uh, with a lot of these things obviously you, you can't have e3 for example done online well you 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 could in one way, but but not in another. Obviously, people can't go and access the games. There's no way to do that. But there are things like, uh, for example, like I, I seen a lot of esports events were initially cancelled, and I was surprised at that because it's like they can just play them online. I mean, that's what the games are designed to do, and they've since moved them to online. And I'd seen kind of things about like the the, the games done quick when it was cancelled. I I caught that on on Twitter at the time, and I thought as well. You know why isn't this just done online? And it's good to see that they've they've gone and done that. And not only that, they've they've raised a, a chunk of change for for charity, which is always good to see. Absolutely, absolutely. I think Ra- raising funds. Obviously, we we nobody knows how long this uh, pandemic will, will last for. And uh, guessing that it's in dollars, America is in the worst situation in terms of this pandemic. So. Hopefully, helping people over in America, I imagine a lot of people will need help because people losing their jobs and stuff like that. And 
400k may not be the billions that it'll require, but every little helps, and gaming doing its bit um, in such sad situation, it's just great stuff. So well done to it. Well done to At Games Done Quick. It's uh, great stuff. Great stuff, and every little every little helps is uh, is always the right thing to do. Um, but that is that is the end of the news car. Um, so now we can talk WWF, WWE, maybe some other companies' games, uh, depending on what time we have. But um, how how should we start? Should we start with childhood memories? Yeah, I I think we should should uh, start at the the very start of our, our wrestling game. Um, experiences and, and kind of move through the years from from there and uh, obviously with me being a, a few years older than you guy obviously inevitably i have to, the earlier mm. memories um so let, let's start we're talking about a little game which happens to be the first ever licensed wwf game uh which was micro league wrestling which was released on the Commodore 64 in Oof. 1987. Have you ever heard of this game, Guy? I've barely heard of the Commodore 60. <laughs> I joke. I joke. No, I've not heard of this. I've barely. If, it, if it's before I was born, it, it's lucky. It, it's lucky I've heard of it. So, no, well, I've not. Despite the name of the game, which which might not make it quite clear that it was a WWF game, which is shocking. There's no way in, in these days that Vince McMahon would would uh, agree to having the publisher's name in the game rather than uh, WWE's. I, I, I don't think we were going to ever have THQ Wrestling. Hey, or two, 2Ks, 2K Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, but it, it still got WWE in there. But nonetheless, it was a WWF game. But it was a very weird game, right? You know, you know it, it had all the pails and whistles, you know, like chiptune versions of the Hulk's music and the ultimate warrior and you know it, it even have these pre-match kind of pixelated scenes where you'd see the hulk being interviewed by mean gene and doing a bit of trash talking about the macho man but then you get to the actual match and my god you think in a wrestling game that you get to control the wrestlers but no you get a list of commands, you know, like elbow <laughs> drop, Irish whip, clothesline, and you'd pick the move. And then a little pixelated scene would play out the move, and then you'd get a refreshed list. And you'd have to do enough moves to you got to some point where you ever you either won or you lost, and that was the match. You know, I, I'm I'm not surprised that's not didn't become the norm for wrestling games. Maybe you could argue that it was down to the limitations of the machine, but but no, because four years later, in 1991, the second wrestling game. Now, for context here, I was born in 1990. I probably started playing games 93, 94, so I would have experienced these two games around the same time. So I don't know which one came first, but. I went with Micro League Wrestling scene. It is officially the first WWF game. But WWF WrestleMania released for the Commodore 91. And in this game, thankfully, you could actually control the wrestlers. It wasn't particularly good, but you could control the wrestlers. You could do your DDT, your suplex, throw a clothesline, whatever you wanted to do. Um, This one wasn't 
pub- developed and published by Microleague. It, it came from developed by Twilight and was published by Ocean Software. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a development uh, or studio that uh, kind of will will trigger a lot with kind of people who were used to playing the the computer games of the late '80s, early '90s on the the Commodore and Amiga and the likes. Moving on from there, then I kind of had rentals, borrowing kind of experiences with the the likes of WWF WrestleMania on the NES, which I, I think is what a lot of people consider that the first wrestling game, especially American fans, because obviously computer games weren't as big there as as uh, they they were in Europe. So I think that's that's a game that's more synonymous with with the WWF wrestling games and. Some of, if we have any American fans, or listeners out there, I'm sure that that's the, the one they're kind of jumping on. But to be honest, it was a game I just kind of rented and borrowed. So I, I don't have too much experience with it. Of course, it was also pro wrestling, the actual first party Nintendo game on the NES. I can, I can remember playing that as well. But I, I think the first game that I have kind of substantial memories of playing was WWF Royal Rumble on the Mega Drive, which was released in 1993, published by Acclaim, who who went on then to publish a lot of... Well, they also had published WWF WrestleMania on the NES, but they, they kind of, for a good 10 years, published the, the vast majority of WWF titles. Uh, did, did you ever play Royal Rumble on the Mega Drive, Guy? Oh, God, no. No, no, I was not, not born. Not born yet. <laughs> just, just a bit before just a your bit. time. Well, once, uh, once we get to THQ era, this is what I can jump in. It was it was it was a somewhat arcadey wrestling game. It, this was before wrestling games were able to be sims because it was just the technology wasn't there to simulate proper wrestling. But it, it was a decent game. I, I remember having a lot of fun with it back back as a, a young kid. And then a, a game you you might the first one on this you might have actually played, guy, but I can't be sure. WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. I'm pretty sure I've played this, but I must have been basically like zero years old. <laughs> so, I mean, looking at the pictures, I can somewhat remember it, but it would literally be like, well, put it this way. The first game I remember playing on my Mega Drive is Echo the Dolphin, and that's like it apart from like Sonic. So... That's about it from the Mega Drive days for me. Well, I, will not, this, I will not have a bad word about Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> well, this game is one I, I, I definitely have kind of real solid memories of because I would have played it a hell of a lot more than Royal Rumble. And also I've played it more recently because it is an arcade game and there's an arcade bar that I frequent and they have this particular machine. And I know we already confirmed our opinion earlier that wrestling games are fighting games, and I'm sticking with that, but this game was especially a fighting game. It was de- The arcade game was developed by Midway, obviously the, the developers of the Mortal Kombat series. It's very much a fight. It's, it's like a 2D fighting game with wrestlers. Again, very arcadey, you know, very kind of unrealistic. You know, it's, 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 you know, if, if you wanted to be kind of watching Raw on a Monday night and then go and play this and, and simulate what you've seen on Raw, 
You were out of luck. You weren't going to get that from WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. But nonetheless, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I remember having a lot of a lot of good times playing it with, with, with family and friends back in the day. And obviously, at the time, I was maybe five, six. So I was in a, a better position to, to, to enjoy a game by that point. Um, this then was followed up with uh, WWF In Your House on the PlayStation. Have you played this one, guy? This is going to be a going on train until we hit one that you've played. <laughs> I don't think I have, to be honest. Let's have a look. Let's yeah. have a look at their Wikipedia page. It does not ring a bell, that picture. Well, We're nearly in, there. We're nearly there. In Your House was developed by Sculptured Software, who also developed the console ports of WrestleMania, the arcade game. And it's very much in the same vein. It's very, very arcadey. In fact, it's even more arcadey. I made it clear that Midway obviously developed WrestleMania, the arcade game. They also developed Mortal Kombat. In that vein, when Ultimate Warrior pins someone in In Your House, he shoots lightning out of his hands afterwards and makes their body explode. <laughs> now, you've never seen that on Monday Night Raw. So I think that sums up how arcadey this game was. And again, these games were fun, but I think... Especially by that point, there was maybe six, seven. I watched a hell of a lot of wrestling. You know, you wanted something that more closely emulated mm. what we were seeing on the screen. Well, the, and, the late 90s was when the product was at its hottest. And obviously, technology wasn't what it was now. So it was, it was impossible to match the on-screen product with a, with a game that can match it. <clears throat> But once we get into the 2000s, when I can start talking, <laughs> it, it, it's it's obviously not the technology we have today, but I think these are the ga- they're the games we remember the most fondly. And that's probably what you'd probably call the attitude of WWE slash F game. It, it, exactly. I, I mean, really early on, you know, wrestling games... They could they could only be w- one of two things really. They they either emulated a beat 'em up. I think that's what I'd I'd compare a lot of the early wrestling games. You know, mm-hmm. they, they were kind of akin yeah, to yeah, like yeah. your your Streets of Rage or something like that, except it was just two people in a ring. Or they emulated a two D fighter like the the games we just discussed, kind of were in the vein of like a, a Mortal Kombat. But I think kind of late nineties they finally came more into the vein of being simulators, which obviously would have been the ideal all along, but it came down to, to technology limitations. Um, and the first wrestling game that I played personally that I would consider a simulation, you know, I'm not saying it was the most realistic, but nonetheless, it was a simulation of what we were seeing on the screen, would have been WWF Warzone on the PlayStation, which was released in August of 1998, developed by Iguana West, and again published by acclaim as they came towards the end of their stewardship of the WWF series. Have you played Warzone, guy? No. Nope. I think well, I'll I'll tell you now. I think the earliest game going off release that I played was not a WWF game. It was WCW. Let me just check. I believe it was Backstage Assault because I remember playing as Sting. Beating the shit out of people in backyard in uh, backstage circumstances, and having looked at videos just before the pod, doing 
doing prep, <laughs> giving myself too much credit there for prep. Uh, it was just trying to figure out what games I bloody played. I believe it was WCW Backstage Assault in 2000, and this was when WCW was on its ass back then. So Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be coming to that, because I actually also happened to play my first WCW game <laughs> when they were kind of on the downward spiral. Um, but Warzone was the first wrestling game that I personally owned. Anyone's previously were either owned by my mm. older brothers or were, were rentals or borrowed from cousins and the like. Warzone was the first one I owned. I can't actually remember what I, where I got it, which is weird. I, I assume someone bought it for me, but I, I just can't remember. But I played a hell of a lot of this game. This was the first WWE or WWF at the time game that allowed you to, to, to properly kind of make a go at simulating what you were seeing on the TV. You know, you could kind of make storylines. It didn't have a great kind of season mode or anything, but you could even at least make them up in your head when you'd be playing them with your friends. You know, you you, you knew what you were plan, what you had planned. You knew the matches you were going to play out. And it was a lot of fun. And I think there's a lot of revision history about Warzone in saying it was a bad game and I think that's because the games that came later when the series reverted to THQ which of course we're going to get on to were better games and there's no denying that but nonetheless you know Warzone it was a game that averaged about I was looking at the reviews last night it averaged about an 8 out of 10 which you know to me is fair because at the time, and I know I was only like an eight, nine year old kid at the time, but nonetheless, I, I really enjoyed that game. And to me, as I said, it was a first wrestling game that made a good attempt at letting me recreate what I was seeing on, on TV. So I, 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 I just don't agree with people who now are turning, turning their backs on, on Warzone and saying it was a bad game. Um, but nonetheless, a year later, that was followed up by WWF Attitude, which was developed by Acclaim Studios Salt Lake City. I didn't have Attitude, but a good friend of mine who I would have been kind of my closest friend in terms of bonding over wrestling at the time had it. I'd spent a lot of time in his house. Attitude was very similar to Warzone. Same, I believe it ran off the same engine. It added some things, but it also messed some things up, so it has more mixed reviews. I enjoyed it, but nonetheless, I do recall it wasn't as solid a title. And it's a, it's a shame that Acclaim's stewardship of the WWF games went out on, on kind of a more mixed note, because that would be their last game, um, because only... Four months, no, two months. In fact, two months later, we had WWF WrestleMania 2000 on the N64, which was published by THQ, who took over the license for WWF, and it was developed by AKI Corporation. Now, previously, THQ had developed the WCW games, which for a long time were critically acclaimed higher than than the WWF games. Now, they didn't sell as much because, of course, WWF was more popular than WCW, but they were the the games that critics and kind of true wrestling game fans said were the better titles. Now, I actually, unfortunately, have never played one of the WCW games on the N64 that were developed by AKI, 
So uh, I can't really say, but I did play WrestleMania 2000. And I remember the first time I played, it was only a very short chance I got to play it. It was mind-blowing how good it was. Like, it was much... Again, I, as I said, Warzone was a good game in my eyes. But WrestleMania 2000 was a much better game. Did you play WrestleMania 2000, no. guy? No, no, oh. no. We'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. We're almost up to one. PlayStation. We're nearly there, we're nearly there, we're nearly there. We're almost there. there. Um, what, did, did you want to start the debate now? Because this is kind of where the territory of No Mercy comes into it. Again, I have no... I have no I have no horse in this race, but we've kicked up a state. We've kept in our WhatsApp group. There's been little murmurings of an argument that WWF. I, I'm used to saying WWE. Uh, WWF No Mercy is the greatest wrestling game ever, and we'll put a poll out and stuff like that. But was this was this the game you were arguing against for WWF No Mercy? Yeah, um, for me. It's it's SmackDown too, which which we're we're gonna we're we're just, we're about at that that point. Two thousand was was a massive year for for um, WWF games. Like, I mean, it's it seen the release of three. Like it's it's crazy to think. Good God. Three absolute classics. Um, but but before we we do that, actually, you mentioned previously that you you played WCW backstage brawl. I played WCW Mayhem, um, which. After THQ dropped WCW to pick up the WWF license, who picked up the WCW license? But EA, you know, this was back in the days when EA just released like millions of games. So they, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the discussion quite didn't go like this. But I'm going to paraphrase and say executives at EA were just like, sure, why not? Let, let's let's release WCW games. And uh, Kodiak Interactive took over from AKI on, on developing the WCW games, but they just weren't great anymore. They weren't terrible. You know, I, I played Mayhem. You played... I don't know, what what did you... Can you recall what you thought of Backstage Brawl at the time? Like It was, it was fun. I mean, it's hard, because when, when I'm basically... If I'll probably blend it in two thousand, probably six. As you say, everything everything was great when you were six. <laughs> um, but no, I, I remember having fun with it. I think it was different because obviously the niche of mine was it was backstage. <laughs> um, so everything was just absolute madness, and it probably summed up the company of making a game where you could only play backstage. Uh, dear, but. Um, yeah, I remember having fun with it, but it's strange when when I was growing up, I I liked the WWF. Um, I only really watched WCW, like, cause it was on late. It's just something that when I was a kid, I used to stay up late, and I I just like Sting. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, yeah, I, I I got well. Put it in perspective. I've always liked Kane, like the masked fucking monster. I like that. And then you see Sting on the other side, it's like. He looks pretty cool. I like him. But I think it, it must have been when he had the red face, ma- uh, when it was the wolf pack and stuff like that. And yeah. So he had the red face paint and stuff like that. I was like, he's pretty cool. Well, I couldn't tell. Like, I, I always grew up what, like in the WWF, and I, I still watch I still watch it now, even though it, it's shit and it's basically made for kids, but I still do enjoy it when it's good. Um, 
but yeah, it it, it was an it was an all right game. It, it didn't touch the uh, the games we're going to talk about soon, but it was it was all right for its time, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that sentiment, and I think there is that aspect to it that, uh, similarly to yourself, I would have watched WCW, but not nearly as much as WWF, and not for nearly as many years. So while I did, there were some kind of superstars within WCW that I knew, like Sting and Goldberg. You know, most of the others that I knew from WCW were former WWF wrestlers like Razor Ramon and and um, Diesel Kevin and. Nash, yeah. Hulk Hogan, of course. So, or Hollywood Hogan, as he's called by that point. So, you know, of no doubt that played a part, but I do think, nonetheless, they they weren't as quality titles as the the THQ games, uh, which we're going to discuss. And I think it's a, it's a shame that because obviously WCW as a company as well, shortly after started to have their troubles and ultimately got bought out by WWF. Funny enough, around this time as well, because uh, this time I just loved wrestling games, or any I could get my hand on. I think WCW Mayhem I borrowed off a friend, but I also played an ECW game, ECW Hardcore Revolution on the PS1. And it was was okay. It was developed by our friends, Acclaim Studios Salt Lake City, who had developed, obviously, the previously discussed attitude. Um, So, and it was very much like that. It was, it was fun. It was, it was okay. But it was a bit of a mess, and you know, I I I think they developed one more ECW game after Anarchy, that. But Anarchy I, rules, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, I had two thousand was a hell of a year. <laughs> it was a lot, lot of wrestling games yeah. in two thousand. Jesus. Yeah. But ultimately, at least in terms of my experiences, the, the WWF games that I played were were far superior to both. WCW Mayhem and, and ECW Hardcore Revolution. But as I said, I never played the WCW games when they were at the height of their popularity. So, you know, maybe maybe they are games that belong in the in the Hall of Fame in, in terms of uh, wrestling games. But now we move on to the Woo. big, big year of the, the turn of the millennium and when shit just got crazy in terms of WWF titles. Starting with the release of WWF SmackDown on the PS1 in March 2000. Now, you you played this game at some point, Guy. I'd be oh, shocked God, if you have Yeah. Of course. The only um, problem with these games is I remember them all as one. <laughs> so I which, can't, which is probably fair because they were quite... Obviously, I didn't know they came out in the same year as well, which, which doesn't help. But if we kind of mold SmackDown 1 and 2 together... I think this is the start of mod. Well, as I said earlier, the attitude era of of wrestling games and the peak era of wrestling games. Because, as I imagine, we'll get on towards the end of these wrestling games aren't that good anymore. Um, but how how special were these early THQ WWF games? Because we always think of peaks of different games. I mean, two thousand. I think two thousand eight. We had like the Last of Us. Mass Effect 2, fucking Uncharted 2 or some shit like that. But if, in terms of wrestling games, I mean, the early 2000s, it, I mean, this is this is a hot streak we're going to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've obviously mentioned a lot of games up until this point, and there were, there were games that were good, there were games that were popular, but, 
you know, they, they were never really synonymous with gaming. Wrestling fans played them, of course. That's who it was aimed at. But I think kind of when the WrestleMania 2000 kind of came out, because obviously, as I said, the WCW games were popular. They, they, they got great scores from critics. But because WCW wasn't the top dog in terms of wrestling organizations, I think it was when THQ picked up the license for WWF and released WrestleMania 2000 that a hell of a lot more people took note. So I think then when SmackDown released for the PS1, which obviously was the more popular console between the PS1 and the N64, that was when things really hit a height. You know, everyone I knew back then played SmackDown. Like, you know, everyone who had a PS1 either played or even owned one of the, the, the first two SmackDown games. They, they were just absolutely massive. Now, I never actually owned the first SmackDown, but a cousin of mine got it, and um, he lived with my grandparents, so I was there quite frequently, and i just go into the sitting room and play SmackDown. And I remember the first time, you know, I remember it well, kind of approaching it, and I, as I said, I had Warzone at home, and I was like, this can't be much different than Warzone. And, like, as I said, I had briefly played WrestleMania 2000 and was my, at the time, I, I later got more chance to play WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy, which we'll go on to discuss. But I, I, to that point, I'd only played it for maybe 20 minutes. So, you know, I didn't have a massive understanding of how good these THQ Ukes kind of, well, actually, it was the SmackDown was Ukes. Obviously, uh, No Mercy had been a, a, AKI, but. I, I, or sorry, WrestleMania 2000 rather had been AKI. It gets all muddy because there's so many wrestling games at the same time. So I, I, I didn't quite know what I was in for. So to sit down and play SmackDown, and my mind was just blown. I mean, like, the the games I discussed previously, Wars on an Attitude, when the, the wrestlers would come down, their music would play. You didn't see kind of the video. There wasn't many bells and whistles. I think in Warzone, they just stand awkwardly at the top of the ramp and then walk down. Attitude, there was a little bit of kind of fist pumping and throwing shapes and things. But again, it didn't quite emulate what we were seeing on screen. The first game that probably did was WrestleMania 2000, or at least for me. And again, SmackDown was the first one I played extensively that did it. And that was just mind-blowing. You know, the, the entry, entrances alone were worth it on this game. I mean, you know, on the, what, what were some of your, your favorite wrestling entrance musics? Oh, God, back then. Hmm. I'd probably say entrances. As I said, I like Kane. He didn't really get a good entrance music till he took off his mask and... 2003, uh, Undertaker with um, with Limp Biscuit tune. But in terms of entrance music, I mean, Triple H wins, doesn't he? He just wins. You can't have, can't have Motorhead and not win. Just, yeah, just... yeah. I think the, the game is, is definitely right up there as one of my favorites. I also love DX. DX's yeah. music yeah, is yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, the Rocks was solid. Stone oh, that, yeah. When, when I was a kid. The Rocks was up there. I think I, I think I always liked The Rock more than like Stone Cold and stuff like that. Because I think by the time I started watching, I think The Rock had probably overtaken Stone Cold just before, just after. Yeah, 
for for me though at this time most definitely because who my favorite wrestler was and his entrance was just to, to see it properly was just mind-blowing was jericho like to, mm. to see him stand at the top with the arms yeah. and then the countdown and then swing around mind-blowing and i mean that's you know the first time i seen that entrance on this game you know i, I can remember as, as if it was yesterday and and that what really sold me this was the first game that was going to allow me to kind of recreate completely okay not really completely but to my nine-year-old self at the time nine ten at least in my mind this is going to allow me to, to create the the smackdowns i was seeing week in week out and you know I'd, i remember i'd create my my uh, pay-per-views and, and seasons and the like and kind of I'd look forward to every week going to, to, to my girlfriend so I could play more SmackDown. Um, but as I said, we, we never quite got around to picking up SmackDown because SmackDown 2, Know Your Role, released just nine months later in December. And my brother went out and got it the day it came out, I believe. Because obviously we were all hooked on SmackDown by that point, and you know we knew this was coming out, so you know, of course you're gonna rush out and get it. And for everything SmackDown did, SmackDown Two Know Your Role did better. Mm. I mean, this was a big, big step up. And and again, I know obviously you've you've played this as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it? I know you you probably played them a little later than kind of when they came out but but mm. nonetheless i mean is are the improvements as as clear to you it, it it's not as defined but <clears throat> what i remember about smackdown i've got like a screenshot in front of me on google images and it, i am getting flashbacks like doing i think it was six man hell in a cell matches and the uh the thing with the name and your finisher and your moment i, I think it was momentum back then the the uh the name panels that go in the corners i just remember like these what would be considered small TVs back then. <laughs> Pretty much half your TV was just covered in people's names. <laughs> yeah, that's I, that's my main memory from the early SmackDown game. Is just the what do you call it? The the UI, the the interface, the the hood, the hood. That's probably better. The hood. Um, that's what I remember from it, and just just absolutely just doing like I I used to play as kid all the time, all you used to do was just punch the shit out of people, because it's just like, why not? <laughs> this, is, this is before stamina and all that, so it was just like, just kick the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of SmackDown 2, for, for me, obviously, there, there were, the gameplay was improved, you know, there was slight visual improvements of that, but I, I think that the biggest thing for me, which was always my favourite thing on wrestling games, was the season mode. And to this day, mm. SmackDown 2 has the best season mode I've ever experienced. It was just, just it was crazy what you could do. I, I remember, like, my brother and I used to, you had to create a wrestler, and, and it was it was much improved in, in 2 from, from the first game. And I remember my, my brother and I, we, we were big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans at the time. So we made Angel and Spike as our wrestlers. And we started a season mode with those two. And, and we were a tag team and we won the titles. And I was the Intercontinental Champion. He was the World Champion. It was all great. And then I was like, I want to mix it up. So I went into the stables 
and I swapped. Uh, I first edited my Spike character, and I put a sh- white shirt with a black tie on him, and I put him to right oh, to God. center. And I went. We went back into a season, and suddenly I was in right to center, and I was fighting against my brother, who was my previously my tag team partner. <laughs> I mean, how more WWF can you get than that? And that, to me, you, is you turned cool. heel on your brother, you prick. <laughs> exactly. But it was so much, it was so much fun, and you know we we fought for the title, and it was epic. And we we played that season for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like I don't know how many matches we went through, and and I remember like things that could happen. Like for example, my brother was due to fight, I think it was Farouk, and I happened to get in a brawl with Farouk backstage before the fight, and I battered Farouk and then Farouk came into the fight against my brother injured and it was just these little things that just made it seem real you know kind of obviously we know wrestling's not real but Mm. you know real as in comparison to to the show on TV and and that's what you were always that was the it was a benchmark being able to emulate what you're seeing on TV in terms of the storylines and the like and it just blew my mind um now for that reason, SmackDown 2 Know Your Role is, for me, the best wrestling game of all time. And I could be wrong, but at least from the ones I've seen, I think it holds the highest aggregate score. Could be wrong on that, but I think so. Mm. Um, now, as Guy indicated earlier, there is some controversy there because there are a lot of people who believed that a game that came out one month prior to SmackDown 2 and Euro, which was WDF No Mercy on the N64, developed by AKI Corporation, who had uh, also developed WrestleMania 2000 and previously the WCW games on N64 that were quite popular. A lot of people say No Mercy is better than than SmackDown 2. They, they, they say it looked better, that it played better, I don't agree. I I played No Mercy. I I didn't have an N64, but I had two cousins that had N64s. And one of them particularly, both of them prefer No Mercy to SmackDown, but one of them particularly championed it. And I remember he sat me down to play No Mercy and he'd unlocked all the wrestlers and had this massive roster. And he was like, I'll play that. It's better than SmackDown. And I played it and I was like, I still prefer SmackDown. And I, you know, I'm sure there are some circum, some some kind of key facts there. Obviously, I was a PlayStation gamer. I was more used to the controller. I was better at SmackDown. And obviously, as a kid, you don't like to lose. I'm sure we'll, we'll get on to some of our, our rivalries and that back in the day of playing these games uh, in a moment. But I just, I still say, and I've played No Mercy in more recent years as well. Kind of, and it's still. I think SmackDown 2 is a better game. And I know that there's people out there that agree with me. There's people out there that disagree and say no mercy. But I'm going to say officially on the podcast that SmackDown 2, Know Your Role, is the best wrestling game of all time. And that's the bottom line because Carl says so. Oh, God, you just lost the argument. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, I've never played No Mercy because... Who had a Nintendo 64? Come on. I know there's millions of you, but come on. 
I, I think <laughs> back then I only knew three people with with N sixty four. I knew two one. I knew one, one of my friends. One person. I think the only game I played on it was like Pokemon Stadium or whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a, it was a quality game. Yeah. I mean, we're we're not going to get into a PS one versus N sixty four debate today. That's because only a one of them. Because even another show, this will be the but, only time I back PlayStation, but that's because PlayStation wins easily. <laughs> but yeah. But I mean, oh, I mean, for me, N64 was an amazing multiplayer console. Allowed to have four controllers out of the box for for starters. Well, you had to buy three more controllers, but you could plug them into the console without buying a multi-tap. And it had some cracking titles like GoldenEye and the like. But some people that champion No Mercy say that people say SmackDown 2 Now Your Old is better because the PlayStation had a lot more consoles out there, a lot more people played SmackDown 2, and it's their childhood experiences and their nostalgia. And I'm sure that plays a, a degree into it. But I'd, I'd counter-argue that I think the same situation lends itself to a lot of these Nintendo 64 games being put on maybe a higher pedestal than they belong, because there, there's that kind of view from the people who grew up playing the N64, that they were the, the outsiders. and they, they they were the ones who knew what the real console, they were the minority that knew what the real best console was. So I think those games kind of get painted in a certain light because of it. But again, that's just my opinion. As Guy said, he'll put up a poll. We'll, we'll mm. settle it among you all. You're both wrong, either. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Well, Let's let let's put Guy out of his misery though, and move on to the PS2 era, which is where Guy really started to get his his teeth into wrestling games, and obviously that starts with with SmackDown. Just bring it, and people might remember my our previous show where I discussed my gaming history. I wanted a PlayStation 2. I asked for a PlayStation 2 for Christmas. I was told that I wasn't going to be getting a PlayStation 2 for Christmas, but on Christmas. I opened, came down, looked under the three, and there was a PlayStation 2 with a copy of SmackDown Just Bring It. Best Christmas ever. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> was was this the, the first wrestling game you, you can remember kind of playing a lot of? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, oh, I don't know about fur. I, I remember, I think this is where it kind of became less arcadey. Is that the right word? I think this is where it became almost trying to be a tad realistic, wasn't it? If I remember correctly. As I well, said, I, mean, I think that movement kind of began with, with WrestleMania 2000 when, when THQ took over. And I think, you know, when Ukes came with SmackDown, I, th- I think they, they even brought it a, a level above in terms of realism from the, the AI mm. games, in my opinion. Um, but I, I think definitely the increased power of the PlayStation 2 inevitably brought a, an even greater level of realism, certainly. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to put it out there, and I, I don't think it's quite a controversial opinion. Don't get me wrong, I loved Just Bring It. I played a hell of a lot of Just Bring It. You know, it was my first ever PS2 game, and I, I played it every day, non-stop, for months and months on end. But of the, the five kind of SmackDown games, you know, before we moved to SmackDown versus Raw, I think pound for pound, this is probably the worst one. And I think that's the critical opinion as well. Mm. I, I could be wrong. I, it's I could the least be... memorable. Yeah, I... You know, I just, I just, I think they made a lot of mistakes. You know, I, I don't know, you know, it came out a year after um, SmackDown 2, which was a, a longer gap, well, 11 months. It was a longer gap than the eight months between the first two SmackDown games, but it felt almost rushed. It seemed to have a smaller roster. You know, and that I might be wrong in that. Again, I'm I'm going on um, my memories, but at least it appeared to. I remember a big thing on SmackDown Two was that it had its roster, but then also with create a a wrestler, which is actually thing, but you know, I I didn't really discuss when we were talking about SmackDown Two, but with the create a wrestler function, there was they you know, the, the different parts and the apparel and stuff, they'd release kind of parts and apparel that were meant for certain characters, you know, wrestlers that hadn't been included in the original roster, but then you could go and make them and it looked like them, at least at a level that the the models looked like their, their wrestling counterparts in general. I remember um, the, um, I think on the first SmackDown, SmackDown 1, one of them was um, the wrestler, right? To, the, the, the guy that Stephen, um, the guy who's head of Right to Censor. I'm going to get this. Um, right to Censor, Stephen. Ah, oh, kicking myself. My my inner 10-year-old is, is, is giving myself a dirty look, saying, how, how are you not getting um, the wrestler names? Because back then I knew the whole roster. Uh, from back to front. Um, but he's an example that always stands out to me. Stephen Richards, he was, I, I'm 99.9% sure he wasn't in the first SmackDown, 
but they all his parts were there and you could create him perfectly and I, I think that was something that was kind of it was a nice thought you know from um the developers for for the fans and a lot of the big fans. I remember actually, I, I didn't actually cop on to do that, but it was actually a friend of mine who lived nearby. His older brother had created all these wrestlers with the the set. Like he, I, I assume he'd gotten the uh, kind of the roadmap off the internet and created all these extra ro- wrestlers, which only added to the roster. But it, it just felt like Just Bring It had a scarce roster, at least at least to me. So um, th- that for me was a, a big fall down. Obviously, I've waxed lyrical about how the season mode in SmackDown 2 was what made it for me. SmackDown 3, rather than improving on that, shaved a lot of it off, which to me was a huge disappointment. So for that reason, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that Just Bring It is the worst of the, the five SmackDown games. But it's still a pretty solid wrestling. It's pretty. It's it's definitely better than a lot of the games we've previously discussed, and I, I think it kind of set up things to come for the the, the games that that preceded that uh, succeeded it on the the PS2. Um, in fact, the word I meant there, of course, was proceeded. Don't know what I'm at. Um, but before we move on to SmackDown Four or SmackDown Shut Your Mouth, as yes. uh, it was known as. There was a couple of bad wrestling games before that. One of that that I experienced. One of which I know you experienced, which yep. is why we're going to discuss it. The first was Legends of Wrestling on PS2, uh, which released in February 2002, so just three months after Just Bring It, and it was developed by Acclaim Studio Salt Lake City. There they are popping up again. They they never quite gave up after they lost the WWF license. Um. But this game was bad, or at least it seemed bad. I mean, if this game had came before the SmackDown games, might have seen it in an entirely different light. But to me, this game was trash compared to uh, the SmackDown games. So I think I played it for, you know, maybe 10 minutes and then just threw it aside because <laughs> it was just bad. And then there was, you know, not not to leave the Xbox fans out Here on the room. We had WWF Raw, you know, because PlayStation has SmackDown. Common sense, Xbox should have Raw. And I remember being jealous of this game when I see the ads for it because I knew the Xbox was kind of the, the graphical powerhouse. So it was just in my head that this game would be better. And also, you know, Raw was my favorite show rather than SmackDown because, you know, Raw was late night. It was it was almost like that mythical beast when you were a younger kid. And, you know, you, you didn't you had to kind of tape it. Sometimes you'd be allowed to stay up for it, you know. So it, it was almost like this, this uh, as I said, a, a mythical beast is the best way to describe it. But my God, when I finally got to play WWF Raw on, on, on a, a family member's Xbox, it was absolute trash. It controlled like trash. The wrestling faces. Like I'm not saying that the PlayStation 2 titles were were delivering photorealistic faces at this point. But my God, the face models on Raw were, were like things right out of your nightmare. And you had this game, guys. So you know, I'm, I'm going to let you, you, you delve into your, your memories of Raw. I'm pretty sure I had Raw 1. 
and two. <laughs> there was a sequel, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. good chance of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like you. I remember, I remember it being advertised. Um, I had the original Xbox, obviously, because you needed one to play play this. Um, and it's strange because, as I said, if this was this was basically Pez. But back then, Pez was better than FIFA. But do you remember Pez after its peak, and it just became an absolute potato of a game, like twenty eleven ish, probably, maybe a bit later. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I might be on my own here, but I actually, I, I still think Pez was a good game in latter years. But I think it definitely changed somewhat. It was a different kind of football game, but. Mm. I get the comparison you're 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 making because obviously Pez had this this few years where it was, you know, undeniably despite the FIFA fanboys uh, crying, it, it was undeniably the the best football game for a good maybe four or five years, but then it 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 kind of fell from from that perch. Yeah, it was basically that. But SmackDown was pretty much doing like a complete... It was like a different console. But as you said, Xbox was advertised or billed as the the power, uh, the graphics powerhouse. And yeah, everyone looked like a potato. It it, 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 <laughs> it ran like shit. Um, I think the sequel, it was built around Goldberg, I think, who was obviously... He, he went at the WWE quite late um, compared to some other WCW stars. And it was just absolutely awful. It was clunky. It was slow. I can't remember anything about the story. Um, pretty much everyone felt the same. Like, man, woman, cruiserweight, heavyweight. Everyone felt slow. And it was just god-awful. Like, like I'm, I'm just putting them both together here. They were both awful. Awful games. And it, considering <clears throat> this time period of games it's coming out with, I mean, this is like this. To keep it in wrestling sense, this is like late WCW. Like this is proper Vince Russo, like Viagra on a pole, that shit. This, it's it. It was terrible. It was terrible. And for the first um, experience of a of a exclusive wrestling game on a, on an Xbox, Jesus Christ! It couldn't have it couldn't have went much worse. It, it couldn't have much worse. It, well, we'll see it was with two K, but it was just so clunky compared to to um to the SmackDown games. I think they went for I don't know what they were going for. I think they tried to go for try to make them as realistic looking as possible, and then they ended up doing not that, and the gameplay was bad. Whereas the SmackDown series, maybe not everyone looked perfect, but the gameplay was spot on, and most people looked fine. Whereas that Triple H looked like he looked like fucking Squidward from SpongeBob. <laughs> it was it was absolutely shocking. So yeah, that's that's enough airtime for such a shit game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, when you talk about PS2 exclusives or you know, in, uh, certain games always pop up, and I, I think often the SmackDown series was. It, is an underrated exclusive in, in terms of how massive that was at the time because wrestling was at the height of its popularity in, in the early noughties and it was massive that, that 
PlayStation 2 had SmackDown, Just Bring It, Shut Your Mouth, and Here Comes the Pain as exclusives. I mean, that, that was a massive, massive thing to have. And obviously, Nintendo and Microsoft wanted to have their piece of the pie. Microsoft came out, obviously, with the Raw games. They were awful. GameCube had Day of Reckoning, which... I never actually played because although I had a GameCube, I just stuck to playing wrestling games on my PS2. But I remember Day of Reckoning apparently were pretty decent games. Um, I had friends who, who had them, and but they were developed by Ukes. So no wonder, you know what I mean? They were they were pretty much just SmackDown under another, another rapper. I also... Fun, always find it funny that you know wholesome Nintendo on the the cover of their two exclusive wrestling games. I think Day of Reckoning had Trish Stratus on the front cover, and um, Day of Reckoning Two had Stacy Keebler on the front cover. So you know, it so works much for wholesome. It, it works. Does, it does. <laughs> and I, I, I had a lot of love for Stacy Keebler, those, those legs. But um, yeah, they, they were solid enough titles. Um, but Raw, Raw most definitely was not. It was a horror. The one time I played it was enough. Um, but moving on, keeping on with that that uh, SmackDown hype, uh, we had SmackDown Shut Your Mouth in the November best. 2002. The I best. actually didn't, surprisingly, did not get this game straight away. Um, my friend got it, and I played plenty at his house, but I didn't get this until maybe the spring or maybe summer of 2003 i think i got it um out of my confirmation money actually um you know nice nice uh nice uh, plus of being catholic you know <laughs> get a confirmation and got to, i bought a lot of video games afterwards but uh yeah no that was when i picked up shut your mouth and while I don't think it quite hit the heights of SmackDown 2 in terms of the season mode, I don't believe in my experience any wrestling game did after Know Your Role, but it did improve a lot of the things that, that uh, Just Bring It had let slip. Um, you know, it, it felt a much more complete game. It was it was much, much better game. It was also the first... Um, Hulk Hogan was on the cover, wasn't he? Uh, I think so, yeah. I could be wrong. I might have made a real bad mistake there, but I'm pretty sure it was Hulk Hogan. Let's have a look. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, no. It was Triple H, Jericho. Ah, you're, no, no. You're looking Booker at the NTSC cover. Oh. Let's look at the PAL cover. Shut your mouth. Quality research here. <laughs> Elevator music. Yeah, Hulk Hogan and the Rock. Uh, so that was probably the first wrestling game to feature Hulk Hogan as the cover star in a long time, as as he kind of had come back to, to wrestling at the time. Um, I think The Rock was actually a heel around then, which was weird. But, mm, I um, think he might have been starting his Hollywood career then as well. Yeah. 2002 must have been... That around, was, around that Scorpion mm, King that was mum. That was Mummy 2 time, I think. Aye. But... Uh, no, uh, Shut Your Mouth was, was, was a great game. You know, it was a top, top, top class wrestling game. It, it, it probably is my third favorite SmackDown game 
behind two and a game we're going to talk about in a, in a, in a, in a moment. Um, would, do you have kind of more extensive memories of Shut Your Mouth compared to mm-hmm. Just Bring It? This is where I actually have rem- memories of the career mode, season mode, whatever, because this is the first one you could run around the back, if I remember correctly. And this is pretty much all my prep was. I was trying to find the right game. And this is the one where you could run around the back, pick whoever your character was or create your own character, and you just run into people and start randomised scraps. Like, <clears throat> I had my own character, or if I played as whoever, just bump into some lass. I think it was like Terry or something like that. Then The Undertaker would start on you like, what the fuck? Get out my shit. I'll batter you. And then... It, it just, I just I just loved random shit like that. I love the freedom of running around backstage and just starting scraps with William Regal, who's a prick, for no reason. And that that's what I remember. This that was this is my overriding memory of these games. Is just the chaos you could come you could create backstage in 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 doing this shit. Like I swear, me and Booker T used to just scrap every two days, every two seconds for no for no reason. Just because just I didn't like him on TV, it was like, you're a prick, I'm fighting you. It's just, it's just there. Uh, I just, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I, this is my, this is my favourite, or this is the one I can remember most clearly from, from my childhood, and, and the next one as well. These are probably my two favourite ones. But shut your mouth, for, the, for this career mode, I remember it so clearly. That is, for me, the ideal story mode, and we probably won't have time now, but one one I flesh over the the new shitty ones. The the I think these are the magic you're missing with is just the the absolute anarchy you can cause. That's what wrestling's about. It's about mentalness. It's just about making random stuff happen. And I think this is this was for me the peak of it. Yeah, no, I'd 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 echo that. I I think you know behind SmackDown to shut your mouth is probably the one I spent the most time with the season mode on. Um, might might possibly be my second favorite in terms of of that kind of mode because as you as you said there was so much you could do and so much fun to be had, um and that's why for me it was such a a, a standout title and and why it's you know it's 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 close between that and the game we're going to talk about next in in terms of my my second favorite to SmackDown to not only as a SmackDown game but as my second favorite wrestling game overall. Um, because it, Shut Your Mouth was just a top quality wrestling same. It was just not, not enough good things I can say about it. But a year later did come Here Comes the Pain, which I think along with the previously mentioned SmackDown 2 and No Mercy is the third game that tends to enter the conversation when people debate the best wrestling game of all time. And I can certainly see why, because it's probably my second favorite. And and the aspect here, rather than the season mode, the aspect here that sticks out for me for Here Comes the Pain was that for me, it was up to this point, the culmination in terms of actual gameplay, the, the flow of the matches. And for that reason, it was the game that I probably spent the most time playing multiplayer on. And people are probably going to think it's strange that we haven't had much talk of kind of the epic matches with meets and stuff like that. But that was purposeful on my part because here comes the pain was when that reached a crescendo for me. I mean, I had had rivalries on the earliest SmackDowns. I'd played SmackDown 2 against my best mate a lot and against my brothers. And pains me to say my brother was better than me at SmackDown 2. SmackDown 3, I probably overtook him. 
and by the the later ones I was I was I was a lot better. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the, I did. He did give me one of my crushing defeats in Here Comes the Pain, which I'll I'll talk about painfully in in a moment. But I mean, for me, I was at this point by the time Here Comes the Pain came out, I was thirteen. Got it around the time it came out. Played it religiously, you know, 13, 14. A lot of my mates had it too. Go over to each other's houses, nonstop, make up our own pay per views, play winner stays on, all that kind of thing. Absolute epic battles. Um, I mean, do you have similar kind of experiences in terms of the multiplayer where here comes the pain? Um, yeah, I think this was, this is probably one of the first ones I played. Or remember playing because I think you're right. I think the game. This is where the gameplay took a, a development, and I think it got some of its madness back as well. Because um, I'm sure I was watching a video where it was um, it was talking about you could throw people off buildings, <laughs> stuff like that. And I just this game was just. I think this was the almost the perfect culmination of everything because it had Lesnar a new star being the centerpiece and it had it had a it had a great um established roster and everything like that and yeah it, it's just i just lo- i just love i love this game i just love this game um but in terms of playing against other people i do remember i'm sure this was one of the first ones i played with uh, with schoolmates my brother and stuff like that but I, i'll i'll share a multiplayer story from the uh uh, the later days because it's a tad embarrassing for me, but uh, I've always I've always been good at wrestling games. But uh, yeah, uh, here comes the pain. This was probably the last of last for a while for me because I think the first uh, SmackDown uh, v Raw didn't come out on Xbox for a little while. So yeah, this was probably my last wrestling game for a little. Well, maybe WWE Raw, but <laughs> we've talked about that. Um, but yeah, this was my last game for a while. I think or a couple of years. So yeah, this this is this is up there as well. This is probably second to shut your mouth for me. And and the embarrassing story you were gonna tell? Yeah, so this must have been this must have been about just before the two K takeover, before it went shit. Had all my mates round for it was either my it was either my sixteenth or eighteenth. Playing shit like that. Just playing stupid games. I think we had like huge matches of top spin and stuff like that. Um so we ended up on WWE. My mate who's never played it before. We had a huge I think we did an elimination chamber match. Me versus him, last two. I was battering him. Had it had it won. Had it won. Did him a finisher on him. He kicked out because it was when it turned into the wheel thing where you just had to tap A and time A well rather than just mash your keypad. He did that and then he re- reversed my other finisher, pinned me, and I couldn't kick out. So a veteran of WWE games getting beat by someone who barely played them. Oh, it, that's, that's it, a it's crushing, he brings crushing it, He brings it up all the time as well. All the time. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, no, I think I, my embarrassing stories came on on here comes the pain. Um, I mean, actually, like it's good, good thing to do. Like, who who were your go to wrestlers, and you know, kind of around this era, like who who did you tend to play as? Um, I've mentioned him enough. So Kane. Hmm. Who else was there? 
I quite like I quite like Chris Jericho as well. Um, hmm, Rey Mysterio's probably grown into something then as well. But K Kane was the main one. Kane was always the main one for me. I just always liked him, and I think on TV this was about time he took off his mask and stuff like that. And uh, it, yeah, it, it was just he was always the one one for me. Um. I did like Stone Cold and The Rock, but every everyone liked Stone Cold and The Rock. Hated Triple H because he's a prick. <laughs> um, so he was doing his job well. But yeah, I think they, I think they were the main ones to be honest. I, I like the Dudleys as well. I always liked the Dudleys. Ah, oh, yeah, no, I, I would have I would have played a lot more Hardy Boys in 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 the earlier days. I think for me, it was always in flux. I mean, I think with the the pre SmackDown games, I would have played as The Rock and Stone Cold a lot for obvious reasons. I think as we moved on to SmackDown, Jericho was my favorite wrestler, so he was right up there. I love playing The Undertaker on SmackDown 1 as well. Those fucking face kicks mm. were awesome. Oh, yeah. Nail a few of them, and you, you, you'd almost have it have it won. Um, as time moved on, I, I think I, I always stuck with Jericho, but I think I, I remember in um, Know Your Role, or sorry, no, sorry, in Shut Your Mouth, the fourth one, I, I would have played a lot of RVD, Rob Van Dam. Uh, he oh, he yeah. was quite popular for me. And also, you said you didn't like him, but I played a lot of Triple H. I wasn't the biggest fan of him on screen, but he was pretty awesome in the games. Like, the pedigree was a pretty punishing move, and those flying knees and the like. like he, he, was, he was pretty effective. Um, but as I said, for me, the, the game I, I played the most in terms of multiplayer was Here Comes Pain, and that's where my, you know, kind of my wrestlers of choice stick out the most and the two above all would have been Rey Mysterio and Goldberg mm. and I'd say third then uh, you know not too far behind then would have been Shawn Michaels but uh, my my first one of my memories of multiplayer on Here Comes Spain was me as Goldberg and my best mate as Brock Lesnar who were obviously the two most powerful wrestlers oh, wow. in the game so you could have absolutely snobber knockers game matches that go on for a good 45 hour whatever for 45 minutes to an hour not not 45 hours but it wouldn't <laughs> have surprised me we nail each other with so many moves now by i think on the earlier smackdowns he was a little bit better than me but because i had spent a lot more time on the the, the ones on the ps2 i had kind of surpassed him by this point but he, he did i'd say it was kind of 70 percent of the time i'd win 30 percent him but they were um, awesome matches and and we purposely like he wasn't a big brock lesnar fan but we purposely picked these wrestlers because they had the endurance to go for a long time so you could have these epic fights you could kick out of a lot of a, a lot of finishers but now i'll move on to my two two embarrassing losses you know the the, the defeats that i'll take to the grave with me guy uh, the first of which came against my brother as, as i mentioned before smackdown 2 he was better than me just bring it I kind of t took the edge. Now I, I had my my tactics. I think in a straight wrestling match, early days of just bring it, he he'd probably still beat me. But I used to play at a breakneck speed, a lot of running around, a lot of kind of using the ring to my advantage. I remember I'd play as Jericho a lot, and I'd run outside the ring, and as he'd come to get out of the ring, I'd quickly grab his head and pull him down on the ropes, and then get in, get a few hits in, get back out. 
you know, a lot of he didn't enjoy playing against those tactics, let's say. And and kind of as that game went on, I I got a hell of a lot better than. But I remember I got him to play me, and here comes pain, and I picked Ray Mysterio. Now I can't remember who he picked. It might have been the Big Show, but I can't I can't think of it for sure. But I hit him with so many six one nines. Now people who played you you played Ray Mysterio, so you remember, you know. Mm. Ray Mysterio being the size he was, his moves were a lot weaker. So like, it needed like maybe two or three six one nines to pin someone. So you had that disadvantage for starters. But secondly, I was I'm not gonna lie, I was showboating. I kept purposely letting him up from the tag. Like he wanted me to just put him out of his misery by this point. However, when I finally went to finish the game I suppose he was annoyed by this point so he button bashed the hell and managed to get out of the pin and he then happened to just I'm going to say it was a fluke reverse one of my moves and hit me with his special the only special he hit me with in the entire game and because Rey Mysterio was such a little guy this one special totaled him and he pinned me one two three and then retired from the game forever wouldn't give me a rematch and he looks like your friend my brother will has brought that up at times remember that time and you know he loves it because you know i'll be honest i was being a little shit you know kind of uh making him look a fool and i suppose i got what i deserve but i'll take that loss to the grave for me and the other one came against a friend of mine now this friend was big on wrestling games they were his favorite games and he played a lot as well but he just wasn't quite as good as me in general at them but one thing he was really good at was reversals and i picked goldberg and he picked Shawn michaels picked one of my other favorite wrestlers just to, to try and uh mind games and i was dominating the fight I, I i think i hit him with multiple specials multiple spears multiple jackhammers but he somehow kept managing to kick out and he hit me with i think the second switch in music dude you only hit me with two and he pinned me after the, the second i couldn't get back up i got it and like i would have beaten him many more times around this time but that one law sticks with me because I knew I was the better player. And I'm just that sad. That one loss on, on SmackDown, and here comes the pain, sticks with me so greatly. But they're, they're easily my two most memorable and, and crushing defeats of my, my SmackDown career. And I don't think I'll ever forget them as long as I live. No, no. It, it, it's just that. It's just, it, they just do the stick rather than the wins, don't they? They like, do, and especially but, when people like to remind you of them. Yeah. These two particular people do, Absolutely. unfortunately. It's like in the later games when, if you ever fought Undertaker on, at WrestleMania, he was always like 12 times as difficult. If you, if you, I remember beating him, but, but still that loss. That loss yeah. is in there. Oh. Yeah, that was horrible when you're, you're, unblemished season career would be uh undone by a um a, a resistant ai that was that was always harsh as well so, so when you get confident and you put it on from like hard to legendary or whatever the hell it was it's just like oh i've made a mistake <laughs> uh but yeah, um, yeah no certainly but i mean 
because of that multiplayer, that's for me why Here Comes the Pain is, mm. is easily one of the best wrestling games of all time. And, and why I don't put it, why I, while I don't put it top of the pile, I wouldn't necessarily argue against someone who does for, for that reason because it was just, it's, it's possibly the best yeah. for the multiplayer. Absolutely. It's possibly the best wrestling game of all time. Funny enough, uh, the same day that Here Comes the Pain launched in Europe, another little wrestling game launched in Europe, which was Backyard Wrestling, Don't Try This at Home. And, and we both have experiences with this yes. short-lived series that lasted two games. Bring it back. You, what were you know? What was was backyard wrestling, and and did did it fill a hole that that the WWE games didn't? Oh, it, it's like it was like that WCW backstage, whatever the hell it was called. I can't be asked scroll enough because Wikipedia's got it listed stupidly. <laughs> it was like that, but just timesed up a million. It was so shit. It was good. It. it I think I I pretty much I think I remember playing the sequel more, but it's, it's much of a muchness. Um. You just pick a random bloke, like there was a hillbilly, there's a skater dude, I'm sure I replayed as one of the crazy clown posse or something like that. And you just, you have, I think the intention was to murder the other person. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I'm sure I remember playing on a, a uh, an avatar type thing, a, like a, a, a big meat factory, um, just jumping and just doing loads of shit from all over the place. It was, it was, albeit I said, here comes the pain, got some of its madness back. This was kind of just mad on a different level. Just the amount of, just putting people through endless tables, barbed wire and all that jazz. It, it was, it was just, it was just fun in a completely different way. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd certainly echo that. I mean, it, it was, you knew that it was, it was a bad game in many ways, but nonetheless, you had a lot of fun of it. And you're right, insane clown posse were in this game. But I mean, this game was just insane. Like, you, you, you could play as a character that was clearly supposed to be a stripper and fight against <laughs> a guy that looked like he was, you know, the the drummer in a punk band. And, you know, you'd, you'd lamp signs off each other's heads. And I know there was weapons in, in the wrestling area, but th- this was to an extreme. And you could interact with the with the environment, like throw people through windows and things like that. Like it was, it was absolutely insane. And although it never quite, I never played this. Actually, I think I played the second one, but I, I never bought it because, you know, I, I think this, this kind of, Take the box for me when you wanted something different and crazy. You'd, you'd, I'd take this out and we'd we'd play it for for a little while and then we'd, we'd probably go back to SmackDown ultimately. But it, it was fun, kind of for for something different. And the developers actually Paradox Development um, went on under another name to develop the the TNA game that came out on consoles. Yes. What was it? TNA Impact, I think it was Impact. just called. You you played that one, didn't you? Yes, it was. Do you know when you beat a hard game? Like, yeah. I've never done a Dark Souls, but if you ever finish a Dark Souls or something you've cracked up the difficulty up to, to mega hard, this was, yeah. this, this was one of them for me. Because it was one of them where the career mode starts off. It was pretty difficult at the start. It was a little bit of a learning curve because it wasn't. It was. It was more like Raw than SmackDown. I think this. Yeah. I think this was made. When was this? Two thousand eight. So it's a bit later. Um, it. It was difficult, 
and it got more difficult the harder the person you you were up against. So in this time, I can't remember if Kurt Angle was still there, but you were fighting against Sting, Jeff Hardy, not Jeff Hardy, Sting, Kurt Angle, maybe um, Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, some more modern names there that you might not know, but they it just became an absolute twat of a game. But I I like finishing games. Like I've probably weakened in this regard, but back then I had to finish a game. If I started it, I had to finish it. And this one almost broke me because it was an absolute twat. And I was not getting beaten by a fucking TNA impact game. I was, it's just but it was so difficult. It it was an absolute bastard of a game. And strangely, I think if I remember correctly, I think the you played you had to play as a character. I think he was called Suicide the character. He wore like a proper full on gimp suit, red and red and blue gimp suit. He he actually got yeah. made he got made into an on screen character as well, which was quite interesting. Um but no, I think it was it was good. Cause, I mean, TNA wasn't a, a huge company. I mean, eventually, the, I think Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff got involved and kind of ruined the company. But it, it had its niche, and to get a video game out of out of um, in that time when WWE was just the biggest, like we've not had a WCW competitor since then. But to T, TNA to get a video game, I mean, what did it get? We had a look on Metacritic, didn't we? What did it get? I think he got like sixty odd. TNA Impact fifty-eight P on a PS2 that is. So <laughs> Not it, the best. yeah, it got sixty-four on PS3. So I mean considering some of the modern games, uh mainly the last one, which was getting like four out of ten from my IGN who just hand out like seven out of ten for anything, it's it is, it's it's all right. It's all right. But yeah, it, it was difficult as anything. But uh, this yeah. kind of, it, it, it just was. It was a bastard. Yeah, no, I, I never played it myself because by the time it came out, I wasn't, I'd completely stopped watching wrestling. I'd, I'd stopped playing the games. Though uh, a good friend of mine, he is still a, to this day a massive wrestling fan. And at that point he would buy, if any game had wrestling on it, he bought it. And he bought TNA. Like, he watched TNA <laughs> anyway. He was a fan. So, <laughs> And I remember him saying exactly what you said. Like, I asked him, is it any good? And he was like, it's just too hard. Like, it's just too too hard. So he just went back to playing whatever, I suppose it would have been um, SmackDown Spider-Man versus Raw 2009, yeah. I think. Mm. And he just went back to playing that. Like, so he very much echoed what, what you said. Um, but after the SmackDown game kind of mainline series ended with here comes the pain we we moved on to the smackdown versus raw series i owned smackdown versus raw i got it around the time it came out played it for a few weeks but it didn't it didn't like it was a good game i'm not gonna say it was a bad game but it just it just didn't hook me in like the the previous games it could have been a sign of the times i wasn't watching wrestling as as religiously as i once did um, you know, I'd, I'd moved on to playing different kinds of games. Um, so I'm, I'm going to not blame the, the game. I, I believe it was a pretty solid game. I, I, something always sticks out to me. I remember it had kind of a, it, it, it kind of played on the whole heel and baby face thing where like when you're earning your finisher, like a heel would earn bonus points for doing things like kind of punching low blows and that kind of mm. thing. Whereas a baby face would 
earn things for like like kind of crowd pleasing and that kind of thing like it was clever um so it was a good game but i just think because i was getting older and, and less interest in wrestling it just didn't hold my interest as much as the others i mean you 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 had smackdown versus raw didn't you yeah, I was I was, uh, I was looking through my achievements list, uh, which on X, I imagine more people would be PlayStation. Yeah, on Xbox, you can just look through your um, on your app. You can go all, through your Xbox 360 stuff. So I've looked there. I played O Seven, which was I think that was the first one on 360. Yeah, O Six was just PS. Was yeah. Um, so I played O Seven. I've played O Eight, I think, and then I went straight to Ten. So O Nine must have not. Oh no, there's O Nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at you, Mr. Loyal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I somehow on my an achievements list, O nine is below O eight, so I must have went back on O eight to get another achievement. So I must have O nine must have pissed me off. <laughs> oh, that, that that happened a lot back in the, the day yeah. of achievements. Yeah, yeah, no, like as I said, I, I just think it was a sign of the times as I was kind of moving away mm. from wrestling. So I didn't bother picking up um, SmackDown vs. Yeah. Raw 2006 but, but my friend who I mentioned previously did and I remember the one time I went over to play it at his house uh, we had a match and I picked Bobby Lashley I believe and we oh, had yes. a Buried Alive match <laughs> and I kicked his ass despite the fact I hadn't played a wrestling game in the best part of a year I destroyed him but he wouldn't tell me how you buried someone so we played yeah. the match for about two hours and he refused to tell me. And then eventually, I think I just lost heart. And then he caught me with a special and he buried me alive. Even though I had thrown him around the ring for two hours. Like, But uh, I, I think I think that kind of symbolized my, my ending with wrestling games. But I did. I did actually get SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. I didn't go out of my way to get it. But a friend got it bundled with their 360. And they didn't mm. like wrestling games at all anymore. So they offered it to me for like a tenner. So I, I picked it up and I played it and I wanted to try and get the the a thousand gamer score. It's funny you mentioned achievements, but I remember there was a, there was a couple of achievements in it that were glitched. They just would not give me Oof. the achievements, and they were the ones that involved basically playing as every wrestler. And I'd made a list of the wrestlers, did it, went through it, didn't get the achievement, did it, went through it again, didn't get the achievement, and by that point I was like, nope. And I just went and traded in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, was the last wrestling game I ever bought. Never, never since. I've played a few since. You know, I've jumped in kind of maybe the later THQ ones, some of the early uh, 2K games playing with my, my nephew. And he got into wrestling for a few years. But I just never had any interest in owning a wrestling game again. Um, the one game I remember playing and, you know, it was, it was kind of fun. I, I took note of it was uh, WWE All-Stars which was one mm -hmm. of the final games THQ released before the, the license moved to, before THQ went bankrupt, effectively, um, was was All-Stars. And, and I remember it was kind of like it was an arcade game. It was kind of a nod back to those wrestling games I would have played on the Mega Drive back in the day. So I think that's that's why I enjoyed it a lot. But it was good, good fun. Like, and it just, it just took, it didn't take itself too seriously. But obviously... You know, as we've clearly established, guy, you you had had kind of taken over the mantle by that point to been the the annual wrestling game. So, kind of educate me how 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 has it gone for wrestling games in the in the last ten years? Yeah, I mean, if if I just go back to SmackDown vs Raw, I mean, you had your little bits. I thought that was, 
I thought it was still a really good series. I mean, they introduced GM mode, which was quite fun, where you could you could make your own rosters and stuff like that, and you could make your own storylines like properly. You could actually make your own versions of Raw and SmackDown as well. You could even put like different commentaries and stuff in. So I, I really like Raw SmackDown vs Raw as well. Um, I had that All Stars game as well. Probably not my cup of tea. I did finish it, but I. When you have to fight people like Ultimate Warrior and stuff like that, it's before my time. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, WWE 12, um, I think that was the last actual THQ one. Um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't really as special. Like, I think once it went, once it got into WWE 12 and then 2K took over, which uh, WWE 13 was. 2K's first one, um, just to just to surprise you, because it's not called 2K13, just to be annoying. Um, they they all feel quite samey. Like I could probably make some memories of like stories, like they made like a big British um, stable that had people like Seamus, Wade Barrett, Drew McIntyre, and stuff like that. And for some reason. Like, you probably won't believe it now. I always made the character Great Brit, like, proper Captain fucking Brexit nowadays if I made that. <laughs> but I always made the character called Great Brit. Had a mask on, had a Union Jack on. But Jesus Christ, if I did that now, Jesus. It'd literally be like a brick. It'd be someone that I'm, I'm revealing that Brexit. to the group guy, and I have oh, told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. But no, it just, it's back... Um, before I knew Britain was a bit of a shit country, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a. Uh, it just always, but they all feel samey now. Like <clears throat> you, obviously, a smidge older than me, so you you can tell the difference between just bring it, shut your mouth. Here comes the pain. I probably could, with a couple of Raw v Smackdowns, and obviously, um, here comes the pain and and shut your mouth. But I think thirteen onwards, I I couldn't tell you. I I couldn't tell you which one's which. And the shot that that's pretty shocking, really, because I didn't realize 2K had it this long. I thought it was like four or five years they've had it, but they've had it since 13. Seven years. Seven years. And they've, and 2K is mostly famed for its basketball. Not, not two, 2K sport games is mostly famed for its basketball game. And some of them have had great stories. And this, it's wrestling. It's all the story. You have unlimited potential to do shit you want to do, and unlimited amounts of characters, and not to make and to make one, not one memorable story or one memorable game. It, it's quite disappointing, really. So I'm kind of I'm glad they're taking a year off, which kind of news that broke um, yesterday. I think in in uh, in. WWE's conference investor call or whatever the hell you'd call it, but I'm glad they're taking a year off because I've not played 20, but if you're getting a 3 out of 10 or whatever the hell it was off IGN, it literally must be it just must not be a game, it just must be like a piece of paper to do Yeah, I mean as someone who's been looking from the outside in for a long time in terms of WWE series, like obviously I I haven't been playing them, but obviously as a, a gamer and somebody keeps up to date on the news I mean Ukes were still developing the games up until last year. Like obviously last year was they was the first year where they weren't. But you know when even when Two um, K took over the license, they nonetheless still had Ukes developing the titles. And I would have thought they would have just continued on with the 
the same kind of solidity they'd had with the, the SmackDown versus Raw series. But, you know, I gather kind of from what I've seen over the years that they, they really hadn't. I mean, the, the games were doing okay, but not quite hitting the heights in, in terms of the, the review scores. And what's funny to me is I, I remember, as I said, I hadn't bought a wrestling game since 2006's SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. I mean, we're talking 14 years ago. But I remember last year, I kind of got this kind of nostalgic feeling. I was like, I'd love to play a wrestling game. Maybe I'll buy the new wrestling game. And then I witnessed a discussion on it between you and Ali in our WhatsApp group. And you were talking about how it was just awful and it was getting these trash scores and it was a laughing stock. And I was like, well, I won't be getting that. And but it was so shocking to me that even though it had now changed developer, like things had started to slip under Ukes and, and it seemed they just went into a landslide for for um, WWE 2K20. Um, it's just the game's been absolutely panned. I mean, it, it's getting like 43 aggregate score. Like that's shocking. Like, I mean, even the worst, some of the worst wrestling games I remember have better scores than that. So it's it's just crazy to think. I like I, I think particularly the Switch version, wasn't it? Was just absolute trash. Mm. Well, I've seen. Or, or am I've I seen. Thinking, oh no, I'm thinking of 2K19. Oh, yeah, 19, 19 yeah. was pretty shit as well. Like uh, absolutely trash. Yeah. yeah, but 20 was 20 was the absolute dumpster fire. I mean, <clears throat> if you just go on Twitter and search it, it'll show you some like the worst storytelling ever. Like, if you just do, I think there's. I think the story is like you're in high school and you dream of being a wrestler and stuff. You're getting bullied at school or something like that. And it just ends. You just get bullied at school. It's like, what the fuck's going on? It's, it's some of the Sounds a bit like shit. that movie about um, Pay- the wrestler Paige. Yeah. It's a bit like her story almost. Mm. It, it's, uh, just, it's just, it's just bad. I mean, I, I, had, I had quite high hopes when 2K took over it, but I know THQ went bust and stuff like that. And THQ Nordic's, completely different and they they've got like every ip in the world now i i i'd love it to go back to them and ukes just anything like even even at this stage i wouldn't mind like ea having a crack at it cuz it it's just and that's how desperate it is like i'll yeah, i'll pay 20 it, quid for a fucking costume or some shit <laughs> uh, well i mean what what we'll say is like two two k sports obviously they you know they they don't do as many sports games as they once did because EA have shut them out of a lot of markets. But at the same time, the NBA market they're top dogs and they've shut EA out. And I think when they're focused like that, you know they they, they can make top quality titles. And you know it's possibly the studio we're known for making primarily basketball games for so long. So to expect them just to jump into Uke's shoes and, and get it right the first time was, was probably a bit of a reach. So it, it is probably, as you said, there was news recently that there won't be a 2K21. Uh, that series will will appear will reappear in 2022 with, mm-hmm. um, or sorry, 2021 with 2K22. Mm-hmm. So now we are apparently getting a wrestling game from 2K this year, but I assume it'll be some sort of side game, maybe kind of more of an arcade title. Yeah, maybe I think they said more like... news. I think they said more news on Monday. So by the time this is out, we we might yeah. be able to comment on it. 
yeah, but like that'll be we'll probably take it up in next week's show. But uh, yeah, it could be something maybe I'd like to see maybe something like WWE All Stars, you mm-hmm. know, could could kind of uh, scratch that itch again. So uh, that nostalgic itch, I, I'd kind of be on board for something like that. So I'm I'm excited to see what they have. But I think it's the right decision. Take a year out, get it right, and then come back with something better. The the, the wrestling game that the fans deserve in in 2021 because really these days these are the only wrestling games fans have and at least in terms of western wrestling fans you know there there, there aren't many mm-hmm. organizations that can afford to that, that that there's any interest in licensing a wrestling game for let's say so uh, i think it's important that the, the wwe games keep up standards so hopefully hopefully we see that return with uh, 2k22 yeah, absolutely. But just just before we finish up, uh, we have gone uh, about two hours ish. But uh, there is another company um, called AEW. Um, they're quite new, um, probably about going about a year. But they they they're pretty much uh, a much bigger version of TNA, you'd probably say. And a lot of their high profile stars, they were also like executive presidents and stuff like that. They're big. They're a huge game. Um, nerds or geeks whatever the hell you'd call it they've been teasing it it's called AEW they've been teasing AEW video game for a while so we might have a um competitor in the video game world but I think they've all, I think they've been teasing about trying to make it in um in old uh engines and stuff like that so it could it could be interesting it could be interesting it might be might not have news on it in a while but there might be a alternative in the wrestling game world again we could have wouldn't a... it... sorry you go wouldn't it be absolutely insane if thq nordic oh. picked up the aew license and got ukes to develop it oh it'd be it'd be fucking amazing it'd be amazing yeah, actually, funny. I'm looking into that now. Apparently, Cody Rhodes, who's obviously involved with AEW, talked about the the potential game, and he said that it's going to be somewhat similar to No Mercy. So obviously, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to appeal to those wrong people who say <laughs> that No Mercy is the best wrestling game of all time. So that'll be interesting to see, though. That that could be certainly something that might appeal to me. You know, because of that, mm. the, the more recent WWF games aren't like the old SmackDowns. They're, too much has changed. So this this could be something I'll keep an eye on, even though I have no clue who is even in AEW. <laughs> I have heard of it before. When you mentioned it, it, it triggered mm-hmm. a bell that I heard it talked about on a podcast. Chris Jericho was there. Oh, well, I'm there on you board go. then. There you When's go. this game coming out? <laughs> you know, we'll have to do a part two of this podcast and that game comes out so I can talk about wrestling mm. games again. People you'll know is Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy, Gold Dust, but he's called Dustin Rhodes. Oh, uh, God, who else is there? Gold Dust? He must be about 60 by yeah, now. Yeah, he's in his 50s now. He can still go, but he can't. He's, uh, he's good on a smidge. Um, You've probably heard, you probably heard of Cody Rhodes, or you can imagine who he is. <laughs> oh, of course, I know yeah. who he is, yeah. Uh, who else is there? Jack Swagger? Yeah, I know of Jack Swagger, yeah. He uh, was in SmackDown Games way back when. I think that's about it. There'll be more. I just can't think of them. Um, 
but yeah, it's it it looks like it's blossoming. Is I've not I don't watch it too much, but I'm not even watching WWE at the minute because it doesn't have a crowd and it's pretty shit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's certainly blossoming a bit um, as as a company. So yeah, if that releases a game and if the if they want to build it around No Mercy, I, I imagine they'll want to introduce, include the early WWF games, but they won't want to mention them as a competitor. They, that's that's music to my bloody ears. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll finish on that positive note. Uh, but anything to, else to bring up before we finish, Carl? No, I, th- I think uh, I think we've we've well covered uh, our our personal histories with the the wrestling subgenre. I know obviously there's probably games we haven't mentioned that. Uh, some listeners there probably have a lot of nostalgia for, but I mean, considering I, I, I think WWF games alone, there's apparently been 71 of them. We, we were never going to cover everything. No. So I'm sorry if your favorite game wasn't mentioned, but we'll, we'll on, uh, we're going to put out that poll to decide between, I think it's only fair. We put a no mercy, know your role. And here comes the pain to cover all angles. And, you know, we'll, we'll you feel free to comment. Tell us some of the wrestling games you remember from from your childhood, and and if you're still playing wrestling games here, and I know people who are, feel free to include the ones from your your adult life as well. And if you buy WWE 2K20 off the back of this, it's your own fault. But I might do that myself because I'm kind of tempted. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and I will be putting shut your mouth in that poll, and Carl can't stop me, so you know. That. Uh, but thank you everyone. Goodbye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.